What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Aida Rodriguez. This is another episode of Truth Serum. It is February 4th, the day after the Super Bowl. And I am excited about bringing you yet another show. Um, I still hasn't come to get me. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're going to talk about all of the things that uh, are trending this week. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about 21 Savage. I'm going to I'm just going to say it right now because I think it, it makes a very important statement about ICE with regards to black and brown people um, as if it is just an issue for brown people. And now we are seeing that it is not. But before we get into that heavy load, my co-host, my co-captain, my bro, one of my actually one of my longest and dearest friends in uh, Los Angeles He's a part of my village, and uh, we've co-hosted before, and we're doing it again, and we're going to keep doing it. Dario Christian is in the house. What's up, Dario? What is up? Let's- I am happy to be here. I was excited when I got that text <laughs> talking about come on your show. I was like, hell yeah, I'm coming on your show. You know what? The thing about you that I love is that you're always happy. I, well, you're happy always. to work. Well, when you're working, you are you love to work. Oh, I love, I love this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love being work with friends and family and all that kind of thing so i'm all about that life oh i don't like working with my family or my (laughs) friends but i like working (laughs) but i'm glad that you're here what's going on with you a lot you know um it's uh it's been a good time you know i I headed up i had a black hollywood live so that's been going well uh just coming off of award season because it's in full effect i just did the sag awards uh not this weekend last weekend and uh, I got a show now on CBS. It's called This Is LA. It's a oh, lifestyle nice. show that comes on on the weekends. I'm one of the hosts. So I'm excited about that. We're about to start taping season three in a couple weeks. So mm-hmm. it's a lot going on. Wow. Such a long way from when you told me you wanted to start doing this to where <laughs> right, you're yeah. actually just like taking off and just doing it. Well, you helped me get to where I am because you were the one who honestly initially put me in contact with, um, at the time, Marky Costello. And I started taking her classes and you know, things started jumping from that. So I appreciate you for all that love. Oh, well, you know what? It's you. It's you. A lot of people in this town love to take credit for other people's work. You, they introduce you to somebody and they're like, I did that. No, he did, you did the work. I just introduced you to the lady <laughs> who calls everybody sugar and <laughs> likes to help people get jobs in the hosting world. Right. I actually did her a favor because because of you, she makes money. So, but congratulations. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm happy for all you doing. That's why I was like, when you told me I could be on your show, I was like, yes, I made it. You're so I'm on Ida's show. I made it. That's ridiculous. Listen, this show is always filled with people who I actually like and respect. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. That's why I do this show. So I can book the people that I want. Cause I know when you do shows in the machine, you you have to sit across people. Like I, I you know, I watched Megan Kelly one time and I was like, her and D.L. Hughley look like they'd rather be fight, you know, in a pit somewhere fighting each other. <laughs> like, what an uncomfortable, I don't want to sit across somebody that I don't like. And that sounds very, very uh, narrow-minded, but I'm narrow-minded and I'm cool with that. <laughs> I don't want to sit with bitches that I don't like. They're all you. over Twitter and Facebook, on television, everywhere I look. That's a motherfucker that I can't stand saying dumb <laughs> shit. Can I just sit for a couple of hours with people who I actually like? I feel you. Um, I'm excited about this show because um, I have two people uh, in the first hour that I really like. And, um, you know, I'm I'm excited that they were able to make it today because they're both very busy. But they're also entertainers. They're comedians, but they're they have a point of view. They have something to say. They 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 speak up. They stand for shit. 
And it's it's just a new day in comedy because it's not, you know, we're not pandering. We are actually here to bring uh, bring something new to the game. And these two people, they like each bring other. Bring the fire. They bring in the fire. And um, so, Francesca. Oh, hi. I I pander all the time. I no, gotta be honest. <laughs> so, oh, you, but you I are the, you you have a podcast called the Bituation Room. I do. Yes, and you're a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't like doing intros like we're on stage because I feel like people come into the stage. It's right. like, but I I wanted to uh, I wanted people to hear your voice <laughs> before I started talking about. I didn't what know when doing. to laugh because I met you on the Young Turks. I did. We did meet on yeah. the Young Turks. And before I watched, I met you on the Young Turks. I would always watch Newsbro. Uh, <laughs> my heart skipped a beat. I don't think the people listening can hear that. Uh, thank yeah. you for doing that. I feel really honored. The show ended, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe coming back. We will see. Oh, good. Yeah, it's one of the very. I think I watch five shows on Facebook Watch, and I think that, and that's one of them. <laughs> that's I, what, that's I, what in the top. Yeah, no, it's, I just only watch five. I, they're only, you know, how they they queue up the shows so yeah. you can watch. I don't. I don't the other ones the, are just like. Baby ducklings oh. taking their first swim. I, I hope I don't have the attention span to watch uh, all the, the shows that an are animal? on Facebook. Watch okay. no, I'm, I oh, follow yes. Tony uh, Baker, so that's all I need in the animal world. <laughs> I hear I see an animal video every day. But you are down from San Francisco. I saw that I saw you at, at TYT last week. Yeah, I actually live here now. I oh, live good. in Los Angeles. So oh, well, um, good. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, no, I'll be. I'll be stalking you and, you know, she'll be like, what, what are you doing? So the, tell me about your podcast. <laughs> uh, my podcast is, is just uh, progressive comics and activists just shooting the shit about that week, the week's news and whatever's going on that week. We talk about it. Um, and essentially from a lighthearted perspective, I think we either have political podcasts that are, you know, take themselves really, really seriously, or we have comedic podcasts that uh, do not touch politics because they think it is a quicksand trap, which often it is. We've all been on stage when you're like, you mention anything, you mention Trump's name, Ben knows this, uh, the other guests in the room and uh, everyone freezes up their little, the little butthole, just, you can hear it just yeah, they don't want to you know? talk about it. But so, yeah, it's just a fun, like, uh, three or four person intellectual and comedic romp through uh, the nether regions <laughs> of our minds. I love that description. <laughs> and we're not all on shrooms all the time, but mostly. Mm. <laughs> but now Ben t- um, chimes in. We, you hear shrooms. <laughs> ben Glebe is in the house. He's the host of Idiot Test. We the people. That's yours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I talked about that because we the people did a podcast, I mean, a panel at Politicon that actually created a, some waves for me. But it was you who put me on there, Ben Glebe. This is true, and you're welcome. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was honor having you. And uh, Francesca's done a we the people panel as well at the Improv. Mm-hmm. We do every month. I try to bring two from the left and two from the right together and try to find solutions on each topic and compromises and that is not easy so i kind of force myself to sit next to people that i don't agree with um and uh normally i i I do pretty well at maintaining my composure i did uh you did at politicon i did a politicon pretty good i did not do good a few about a month and a half before that when i had um avi lieberman of all people came on to represent the conservatives and said some things that were so infuriating i literally yelled at him during the thing and then we continued our conversation after the show and at the improv restaurant afterwards, I got so angry at him 
I looked first and made sure it was empty. I literally threw a metal fork across the improv restaurant mid-conversation. I was so angry at the heartlessness of what I was hearing, and I shouldn't have done that. But uh, we continued the conversation. See, after that so you can't fun. reach across the aisle, Ben. I think that's it. what you're saying. <laughs> you can't oh, do God. it. I'm unfollowing Avi right now on uh, all social media. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, he just his concerns were more are more uh, economic than than human rights. Like, so what if a few million people die? They're poor. They deserve. Was it that? <laughs> no, level? it wasn't that level. No, okay. I was just, I was just like real. I don't even remember specifically what it was, but it was something about like Obamacare shouldn't exist. Obama was horrible for this country. And I'm like, it's just, in my opinion, it's just a completely ignorant statement to say that somebody who tried so hard just to embrace everybody and to improve things for everyone Mm -hmm. was bad for a country and the economy was doing amazingly. Like, where are you getting this opinion from? Who's Mm -hmm. come at you? the most you know what i mean i was looking at your tweets and i know that you know you get some hecklers you know mm. trump supporters mm-hmm. but who's like come at you where you like you know what i'm i gotta i gotta we gonna take this off the you know take this outside real well, quick well the thing <laughs> that francesco was referring to earlier was i was a few months back in rosemont outside of chicago at zany's and i did just a very benign trump joke and i got heckled by this trump supporter and i decided to then instead do like six more minutes of trump material and like go triple down and then after the show, I'm greeting the crowd, and a guy comes up to me and he says, um, "You shouldn't talk about the president like that, or you're going to get a bullet in the back of your head." Ooh. Oh, wow! So that guy, I would say, yeah, is the answer yeah. to your question. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you threw a fork at him. <laughs> threw a fork at him, and, <laughs> and he ran. was done and ran. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say how bizarre that that doesn't feel bizarre that like yeah. under this president you could just say that like, oh yeah, it's watch your mouth, normal. you're going to get a bullet in your head, and like. That's a borderline hate crime any other time. Mm. But that's, I mean, the president's a walking hate crime. Let's be real. Well, I mean, if you say something to that guy, then you're anti-Second Amendment. (laughs) Because he's fighting for his right to use his gun (laughs) because he's standing his ground because you said something that hurt his little feelings. Yeah, thank God it wasn't in Florida. Yeah, and that's that's the world that we live in now. And, you know, the reason why I do the show is for the same reason that you talked about yours, is that we, we have gotten caught up in this whole comedians are too um that don't want to talk about political issues which is fine with me but we'll say i don't want to touch that that's not what comedians do which is not true because george carlin did it and did it a lot Mm -hmm. and then there are people who are uh on on the polit in the political realm who take themselves so seriously and everybody thinks that what they think is the only way to think and you can't find that intersection and i've Personally, I'm tired of hearing stupid conversations. I know there's this anti-intellectual, you know, movement because for some reason it's supposed to be elite. But I come from the ghetto and I remember that reading is what got me out of the ghetto. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, I'm not embarrassed that, you know, Kurt Vonnegut is my favorite author. Like, but that I was made to feel like I should be ashamed of that because of where I came from. And I was like... There are plenty of brown and black girls who love to read and 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 do well in math and like science. And there's I don't have to pander to a group of people. That's more insulting. That's what Trump does to his base all the time. Right. He's insulting them all and, the time. And it just dumbs our brains down so much further, which I didn't even think was possible. But it's it's an insane degree where I get this comment all the time in my Instagram and my Twitter comments when I do something political or say something political. People will literally say to me. Two things. They'll say, 
why don't you keep your opinions to yourself and just stick to comedy, which is unbelievable that they're saying that with such lack of self-awareness. They are sharing their own opinion Right, about why I shouldn't have an opinion, right. which is bananas. <laughs> right. And then they'll say, don't you realize you're alienating 50% of your audience? Yeah, I, of course I realize that. Do you think I don't, I'm not aware that if I talk to 50% that, that say things that half the country are going to be pissed by, they're going to be pissed by it? Mm. I'm aware of it. I do it anyway because I believe it's the moral obligation of any citizen, let alone any performer who's in the public eye to use during times of strife you have to use your voice to speak out otherwise you're morally bankrupt but you know what's funny as a, as a brown woman uh, i get the that's not what comedians are supposed to do right but stay I'm like, in your lane how, how many people told george carlin that right you know what i mean like george carlin made some serious statements not just political ones social statements of parenting you name it he talked about it and we we laud him as being one of our greats, mm. but now we're not worthy of that because we're we're supposed to be like some jesters or clowns. Like well, just, I think that's pretty. That's an interesting point that you bring up, Ada, because it's the fact that you're a woman of color. I'm a woman of color. Like I speak about politics, but usually when you do comedy or you speak about anything, they're like, "But tell me what it's like to be a woman of color." But just talk about like being brown like talk about being a woman just do that stuff mm. can you talk about the me too stuff it's like well no i actually want to talk about like dark money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something really wonky and so carlin is a white man is a straight white guy and usually like we sort of allow the you know the most um angry politically charged among us of comedians they're usually white guys because it's like all right you have Somehow you have, you know, we think like you've either earned the right to be angry about that or you don't have anything else to worry about. So you have the time to think about those kinds of things. So it's interesting. Like it's a, it's a double edged sword. You know, I think that we're starting to break out of that and I hope we can, you know, even more. And look, I realize this is not the time for straight white men to shine. <laughs> and I get that. But if it, if it, if it, if it gives me any kind of pass, I am not a woman of color, but I like them a lot. I know you do. <laughs> I, got, I got text messages to show. <laughs> Read them. You, you know what's uh, funny, though? It's like uh, I, I was in a green room and I heard a bunch of white guys talking about making fun of the fact that you have to be a person of color um, in order to get a TV show or in order to win right now. And it's just, it's just people of color. You can't be a white guy. Then I watched the SAG Awards and I'm like, where are these people of color who are owning it? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you mean because Blackish is a TV show? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so no, funny to me. Like, it's true. I mean, I was at the SAG Awards, and even we were talking about that in, on the media side. It's just the representation was not strong this year. You know what I mean? And you no. would think that it would be. I mean, yes, Black Panther won. Surprise. You know what I mean? Like, it should win, you know? But it's like there are so many other people who weren't there. Uh, of, of people of color and and it was still a lack of of that representation there for sure yeah it gets old and it gets it's it, listen if the quality if the quality is there i am not don't give me a tv show because you're trying to fill a spot and then my shit fails and then you say see i told you that latinos don't right i don't want that i no. want it if it's quality and it's quality that's what i want and i think everybody should just have a fair shot at the ring. I don't think that we get a fair shot at the ring, but that doesn't mean that I don't want Ben Glebe to have a show because oh. right. my family 
Ashley watches Idiot Test. Oh, thank <laughs> My you. brother is give Ben Gleave a show. Another show. Another. <laughs> no. Look, no. and and I appreciate that, and I think that's exactly what it should be. It's just equality of opportunity, and it is true. Being a straight white guy, I definitely do feel what a lot of my cohorts that are also straight white dudes feel is that it is not the best time right now, certainly to be a straight white dude, but so what? It would be so ridiculous to complain about it because we're just finally getting some sense of what it's like to be a woman this whole time, to be a sure. woman of color, a person of color this whole time. So like, if it's very uncomfortable, that's the whole point. Right. It I sucks, also, sure. Yeah. Ideally, for my career, it would be great if it was five years ago right now, but... That's not where we're at. We're advancing, and so that's how it is. That's a good thing for society. I I also think that uh, at I I do believe that once the emblem of like straight white male fragility, rich white male fragility, is out of power, like once Trump falls, things are going to get a lot better for white dudes. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys mm. are not being represented by the best person yeah, right now. Right. And yeah. like, and so many other straight white, you know, rich dudes are running things that once they, like once we actually have more political representation, I think Hollywood and every, that's going to, it's going to feel a little bit easier. Meaning I don't mean like, oh, then white men will get even more jobs. It, all I mean is that I think no, yeah. the pressure is going to be off only the entertainment industry to like pick up the slack where the politics in our country have right. been really, really right. fucked. <laughs> right. yeah. Plus here's where you can see that racism just comes from this old rich white boy tradition in this, in this country is because as representation of people of color increases in Congress and in government in general, none of a, nobody envisions a world where if that continues and continues, there's going to be anti-white laws passed. <laughs> it's just going <laughs> right. to be no more anti-black laws. Right, exactly. But, no, no, no one's thinking, be, damn. <laughs> but maybe there should be. But you know what I mean? No one's, no one's You want to balance the floor? Bat no white guys in school <laughs> until they're 30. They're right. not reading yeah. until they're 30. This is Truth Serum with Aida Rodriguez, Ben Glee, Francesca Fiorentini. My co-host, Dario Christian, is in the house. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about 21 Savage and Ice. I'm not laughing. I'm just passionate about it. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, who watched and who didn't, who stood with Cap. And uh, a bunch of more things. You can call us, 310-986-6610. We'll be right back. Wanna swing dick like no other? I know I got a lot of things I need to explain, but baby, you know the name. And love is about pain, so stop the complaints and drop the order of restraints. Our sex life's a game, so back me down in the pain. I can't wait no more. Cause this is about a quarter past three, and sure days I mean, I got the Bentley Ballet, and I'm just outside of Jersey, past the Palisades, and I love to see that ass in boots and shades. Roll out on the bed while I'm yanking your braids. Down. You never thought I'd make you smile while I'm smacking your ass and fucking you all wild. But we shared something so rare, but who cares? You can't, baby. I'm not
together. It's only a sun shower. We've been through worse weather like stormy night. You wrote a dead job letter and took my bins and keyed and cut the leather. Bitch, you know better. MOB. Money over bitches, murder I and I got two or three hoes for every V, and I keep them drugged up off that ecstasy. I'm a playground legend like Kirkland Pee Wee. They my nigga in the league, got more game than me. I play harder, so many women I fathered. Meet them with scars and send them home hot and bothered. Truth to dare, this life ain't apparently fair. And a love with no glare is a crystal stare. But we share something so rare, but who cares? You care, baby.
later, trust the guard and jump in the car for a little heartache at the Taj Mahal. What's love? Got to do, got to do it. Be the chain or the whip, I don't know what it is We just party and bullshit Come on mommy, put your body in motion You got a nigga open You came here with the heart to cheat So you need to sing the song with me All my ladies, come on Look in your eyes, there's no stopping me I want the dodge on the crack on top of me Don't want your stacks, just break my back Gonna cut you no slack, cause I'm on it like that Come on Did you hear that white man tr- trying to monitor the fuck is going on in this room? Ben said, what time is this shit coming back? <laughs> What's going on with you, Ben? I see your your energy is different today. It is? Yeah, I know you. Um, It's just been a slightly stressful day in that mm-hmm. I uh, almost got into a serious car accident uh, with my brand new dog that I got four days ago. Oh, I oh, took no. him for his first grooming, got him out of the groomer. He was stressed out like crazy. I get in the car, it's raining. And the light was out, and I go into the intersection. Eventually, just have to go, and everybody, the first two lanes were stopped. So I peek into the third lane. Some asshole is just speeding, like 60, on God. a side street. And just literally, I was just sure he was going to hit right into my dog and into me. <laughs> and oh, he man. just darted right around, thank God. And then I got my dog out of the car. I tried to lift him, and I didn't lift him well. And he, like, flailed, and so I flailed, and I hurt my back skiing a week ago in Tahoe, which I shouldn't do because I'm Jewish and I'm 40 and it's a mistake. And <laughs> so I just kind of retweaked it and re-injured it. And so it's that that's all. Aww. Other than that, I'm great, though. But I, I know you, though. I know yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and your dog's name is Henry Horse, right? Henry Horse. Where did that, that, that name come from? His name was Matthew McConaughey when I went to the, to the rescue to go adopt him the other day. And I'm Terrible. like, no. And oh. he just looked like a Henry, and I, I got him. But I wanted the name to be a little weirder and looked a little bit like a horse to me. And I'm like, Henry Horse is the deal. It's a.k.a. Henry Winkler, a.k.a. Henry Higgins, you know, a.k.a. Henry Henry Hippo. <laughs> I like that. Daryl loves You know, I love me some dogs. Yeah. Your dog. I love dog's dog amazing. Me. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a Jack Russell mini pin mix, so, and she's she's 13 going on three. You know, oh, she got the energy. She still got good energy. So, that's yeah. adorable. But I know, that, I, I appreciate that you picked up on that. You're the Glee whisperer right here. I don't know how you know. <laughs> amazing. I know some things about you. <laughs> ditto, ditto, girl. <laughs> um, so, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. I picked up Twenty One Savage, rapper Twenty One Savage, was uh, picked up by Ice in Atlanta, and um, so from what we understand, he is originally from the UK, which he's never denied. He said he, he's from Atlanta and he grew up in Atlanta, but he never said that he, he was born there. And um, he, they said there's a great possibility that he may be deported. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I see a lot of people uh, who are American that are not Latino speaking about why uh, immigration is not their issue. And how Im- and, uh, and I have a specific friend who is African-American that was like, that's not our issue. Immigration is bad for black people in America. And I, I was just, I've always thought to myself and I've always said to him, what makes you think that black people are exempt from immigration? Like mm. so many black people migrate here from not just Latin America and, and who are black, like, and, and from Haiti and, and the Dominican Republic and Jamaica, but people migrate here from, from the continent of Africa 
And I just think that it's important that we have these conversations to understand why, how this government is really, really, really coming for all people of color mm-hmm. and whichever yes. way they can get us. Absolutely. So um, I wanted to talk to this about uh, what, what, is, what is his crime? So like, isn't they like we're prioritizing criminals? He overstayed his visa. His visa, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just we're now criminalizing rap openly, <laughs> oh, wow. which would be as believable. They've been it's doing like, that as the white guy in the room, it? it's about time. I'm sick of all these black rappers. Ben, ben, ben <laughs> dropped the mic on that, literally. <laughs> But it also doesn't ATL give him a little bit more street cred than saying he's from the UK too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little bit, you know, like ATL, well, you know what I'm saying? So one of the writers from The Root made a tweet about him and uh, it went horribly wrong for her because she tweeted it yesterday and she said, the, it turns out that he's just a bloke from the UK and of course they're always trying to capitalize on African-American culture. Mm. And then it just went terribly bad for her because mm. when she woke up this morning, she had so much backlash because it doesn't invalidate a black person's struggle if it happens uh, in the place where people are known for tea and crumpets. That does not mean that there is no crime in lower income neighborhoods right. in the UK. And they're still getting stabbed, even though they're not getting shot, you no, know. Yeah. And so there was just all this backlash. And I just I think it's an important conversation to have because on another level, there's something else that I want to say about this, but I, I want to keep it at the immigration. So I, I want to open well, it up to the people on the on the show. Well, I guess maybe from what you were saying earlier, if there's a lot of black people that don't think immigration's our issue, maybe this is good news because it'll make them think, oh, maybe they're going to come for us now too. Yeah. Maybe it'll 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 wake it up to a degree. So maybe Twenty One Savage has to take the bullet for this. You know, go back. And the, it's not like controversy is bad for a rapper. He's going to be exiled for a while. He'll drop a in exile album. Yes. Right, right. It's going to be it's huge like, for him. It's he's like 50 Cent getting shot nine times. Like yeah. I was deported 12 times. What? Yeah. Without you know? getting shot nine times, 50 Cent is the softest rapper alive. Dude is rapping about, I'm in a tub, bottle bullet, give me a hug. <laughs> rapping about hugs and bathtubs, man. Yeah, That's yeah. not a hard life. <laughs> With a bath bomb. It's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also think that this will also kind of bring light to the situation as well because 21 Savage, you know, he's a different... Uh, uh, he has a different following than what we see in the news with what Trump's trying to do with people of color, you know, Latinos and everything. And I think this will actually bring that his audience up to speed with, with really what's going on and have a, a viewpoint on 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 talking about it more, you know, and, yeah. and, and bringing it to light. Also, I think that I mean, it just we're talking generations, but like specifically black Americans or new immigrants New Americans who are black, who are African, are in the nexus of both the immigration system and the racist, like, criminal justice system. They've always been there. So they're Mm -hmm. more criminalized than Latino immigrants, and they're more criminalized than African Americans. They're in both. So some of the policies that have been, that have affected, or or the policies that have affected immigrants the most under Trump are the ones that have targeted Haitians and the Haitian community. Mm -hmm. I think, think there's something like, hundreds of thousands who are being deported after having lived here for decades, which is why I say new Americans. Like, I don't know at what point you become American. I mean, people have been here for, again, like I said, decades. I mean, Amadou Diallo, right? Classic police brutality case. He was an African immigrant living in New York and selling bootleg CDs and was shot, what was it, 27 times? So, you know, like it's always been... They're, yeah, they're in the crosshairs of both the immigration system and the criminal justice system, and it would be good for people on all sides to remember that, and that it's, it's one fight. 
Well, um, Truth Serum here with Ida Rodriguez, Francesca Fiorentini, Dario Christian and Bang Libra in the house. We're talking about 21 Savage being uh, potentially deported. I'm from Miami, so I grew up in the the controversy between the Cubans and the Haitians because the Cubans have asylum and they come to America and they welcome them and then they send they send little Haitian children back on their inner tubes to die in the Atlantic Ocean. And I always have known that that's a racial issue because there's nothing else that, you know, if Haiti, if any place deserves to have political asylum is Haiti. Absolutely. Those poor people, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But Earthquakes it, every two that's days. Right, that's what I'm saying. They've been through it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But they just send them back and... You know, uh, uh, to be honest, Haitians are the one the, that community in Miami is one of the most hardworking communities in our city. You know, they've built the economy along with Cubans in um, in Miami. It's not just exclusively Cubans who are, um, you know, who have built up the city of Miami. They what? they just ha- the 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 optics. Why it's is our country great. so consistently against immigrants that do hard work that? people don't want to do it yeah. they're doing hard work maybe be against lazy people if you can find that group somewhere mm-hmm. but wh- people that are doing jobs that nobody wants somehow mexicans fit into both of those stereotypes they're both at once the laziest and doing all a bunch of jobs right. that nobody wants to do at the same time they and just like throw every stereotype right-wingers can't square with that you know it's <laughs> funny it's true and the you 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 bite your nose to spite your face. I remember when they were doing these deportations and they is that deported. a Jewish reference? Is that a Jewish reference? Um, I don't know, but but I have been to Israel and I learned a lot of stuff when I was there. <laughs> that, was, that was me being ridiculous. But oh when gosh, I was talk, yeah. up north, uh, they were deporting farmers, and then there was no one to mind the crops because nobody wanted to do it. And then they were talking about how there was a shortage of food because they deported that it was. Farmers for Trump. So it's like, where are those people who are going to take these jobs that they allege are being stolen by the immigrants? I want to meet the people that that will say, give me the leaf blower. I'll clean the toilets. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go out there with the with the with the strawberries. I don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's annoying. I agree. So we want 21 Savage to stay. And uh, the other thing is, you know, um, that I did want to say was just because a black person, um, just because a struggle doesn't look like yours does not invalidate the struggle. Like it really it really bothers me. We get into this oppression Olympics thinking and we start, you know, devaluing other people's shit because it doesn't look like ours. And it's ignorant. It's ignorant yeah. and, and divisive. It's, and it's selfish. I've never understood how people are always only caring about causes once it affects them. Like as much as it's nice when a celebrity gets a disease and then makes that their foundation, their cause. I don't mean it's nice when celebrities get a disease, but <laughs> when they make it a cause that they end up supporting. But it's like you only cared about shit once it hit you. That's the problem. It's like support some causes that don't directly. Otherwise, you don't care about humanity. You're just trying to find a cure for yourself at this point. But I, but isn't that most people live in their own vacuum? You know what I mean? Like they don't even see yeah. past what doesn't, you know, what's not affecting their life. You know, that yeah. is the definition of celebrity. Nature. Yeah. And that's how they got where they are. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about True. themselves. Here's the thing. I just want to be famous enough to start thinking about other people. That's my goal in life. I like that. That's a good goal. I want to be Leonardo DiCaprio so that I can start caring about the environment. But until then, like, fuck everything. I'm going to (laughs) just drive drive with the AC on and the windows down while choking a polar bear. And that's fine. That's hilarious. Well, isn't he banging supermodels on his private jets all the time? 
he got talking to- about the environment while he's burning fuel. Right. While banging everybody alive. And Belize, right. <laughs> I think he's banging rare polar bears now. I think he's he just is. burned through well, all the women Well, they're skinny enough town. for him, finally. Oh! <laughs> Damn. Touche. I love it. And true. All right, so this weekend, uh, quite a few people decided <laughs> to take a stand against the Super Bowl. There were several protests going on. New Orleans had their own protests because they felt that that, that there was some cheating going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Super Bowl was the lowest rated Super Bowl of all time, I believe. That's yeah. what they said. Because a lot of people decided to stand with Cap. Um, who watched the Super Bowl? I should have boycotted. That was a boring game. My God. <laughs> right. Now I wish I did because I could have supported the cause and acted like it was for like... For for freedom and 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 taking a knee and I I sh- it, w- it was boring as hell. I took a knee out of boredom during that game. <laughs> I just fell to my knees. I'm like, somebody score, please! Right, and the halftime show was like, oh, jeez, oh, it was it was. I feel for Maroon 5. They tried their best, but I was like, no, nah, they, can't, they, can't, they can't do it. They why can't is it a together. side note? Why is it okay to, to see Adam Levine's nipples but not Janet Jackson's? Exactly. exactly. I said the same thing yesterday. Don't I want to protest that. that. Let's and protest was, Adam Levine's damn nipples. Two of them. 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 Two. No, no pasty covering it up. Zero. Also, there was a pasty covering Janet. So what was even the issue in the beginning? I know I'm sidetracking us to a 10-year-old no, topic. No, no, but I think it's, but it's, it's unbelievable. It was trending yesterday. It was and National Janet Jackson Oh, that's it was. Right. Yeah. And it's also so weird that just the relationship we have to nudity and especially people of color nudity, but in this nation, that same Super Bowl, I remember doing some article I wrote about it when and happened. Janet Jackson's titty comes out with a pasty on it, which everybody sees all the time. It's not even nudity, and it's a huge uproar in FCC finds, and they cut to a commercial, and it was a career builder ad, and there was some guy who was getting excited about his new job, and, and his heart's beating through his chest, and it literally burst out of his chest, and his heart was dancing on the desk, and I'm like, you can have an organ violently burst out of someone's <laughs> chest, and that's an ad and it's fine and it's selling products but an organ just comes out for a second hangs out doesn't even pop out and do a dance and that's an issue we just see everything backwards we're outrage machine on completely misguided stuff and all times have i distracted sufficiently to apologize for watching the super bowl yeah no i (laughs) I appreciate that Uh, yeah (laughs) so you did watch you guys did watch i i did i did watch Um, i'm not shaming you no it's all good no i i you know i went back and forth with it honestly i mean i'll put it like this i sort of watched i was sort of drinking margaritas while i was watching so (laughs) i don't know if it was a full watch you know what i'm saying that's a protest i played the same you know so i i wanted to protest though i really did because you know i i i i feel i i felt a little dirty watching the game i did i'm not gonna lie to you like i felt like i should be supporting my folks and just you know really not even paying attention to this and making a full stance i was happy to know that it was the lowest rated watched game in the decade i was in the decade in the decade in a decade i was happy about that i was happy that people didn't you know that the halftime show did sort of suck because everybody said no you know all the a-listers that they wanted to get they couldn't do i'm not mad at travis scott because he gotta keep up with the jenners because she gonna always have a check so he need to do a you know do that to keep the checks going yeah but you know you're struggling to find an act when you need a kardashian's boyfriend as your your talent You right. know what's funny? Wow. I didn't. I didn't watch so that. I wow. Just I, can we? Just, I'm. A, I don't even like Travis Scott, but that was offensive. <laughs> it was because funny. I like the Kardashian's boyfriend. No, it's a Scott's girlfriend. It's a rapper's girlfriend. You're right. <laughs> Women should be identified she, by the men they date. Exactly. I was wrong. I How was dare wrong. you? You're but right. You know what's funny? No, li- first of all, like like actual talent, hip hop 
greater than lip gloss. I'm just gonna say I will. Fair. I will side with Travis Scott, even though I hate both of them. Oh no! When they when I so I didn't watch it, but when I did, I saw this clip of him uh, jumping into the audience. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think I guess he did it during his performance. Yeah, I don't know he if did. he did. Yeah, it he did. was during his. It was, he just wanted, ju- it was just a lot of jumping overall. No, but he yeah. jumped. Well, he just, want, he he just ju- wanted to get away from Maroon Five. No, <laughs> right. but I was like, they should just carry him and dump his ass in the trash can. Like that's what I thought. They need to just take him and just walk him right into the nearest receptacle. But uh, I didn't watch. But, but you know what? I didn't watch because for me, I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? Mm. So right after 9-11, the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, right? That was America, right? And I felt like this year it was this, it was L.A. versus the Patriots. Like it was like Hollywood versus Washington, right? And it was the sure. the owner of that team and Tom Brady, they say, are Trump supporters. And I heard there was a Reagan audible, um, that was called during the game. Did you guys? I read yeah, it. Did you see I, that? I heard that. I heard that. So I, I just felt like it was uh, the the conservatives versus the liberals, mm-hmm. like this Los Angeles thing and this clean cut. And I, I just didn't want to participate in it because I do, you know, I do stand with Colin Kaepernick, and I think it's very important for us to uh, learn the power of our dollar. Whereas Ben, your people have understood the value of supporting one another and putting their dollars where it matters Thank and you back so into the Thank communities, you, you know? <laughs> true. The Jews? That is true. Is that the Jews, yeah. I guess okay. that's what she means. Yeah, well, um, no. But not just white people in general. Okay, <laughs> that sounded more specific. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean post, I mean post, um, oppression, you know, right. post what happened, post, uh, post Holocaust. Holocaust. I went to, uh, I remember going to Israel and learning about the we is what they say. The we is we support our own, whether they're in Boston or in Poland, they are they are ours and we all belong together and we will look out for each other mm. by any means necessary. And I think that people of color need, need to learn that. That's but, important for us. Also not forgetting the Palestinian people under Israel. Oh, no, 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 of course. I went to Palestine when I was we, there. So That's did awesome. I. So did I. Yeah, I I've been to Israel three times in the last three years, and I'm, I was on this great trip with Reality Israel that immerses you all in, in the history of Israel, and you all, they definitely talk a lot about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and I'm half Israeli, but I wanted to also make sure I went to the Palestinian territories. I went to Bethlehem and Ramallah yeah, me too. and saw what was going on there, and it was eye-opening to see the opposite side of it for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, some people come up to me. I did, I did push them back into a small corner and ask them to stay there. And then they <laughs> threw rocks at me. So it didn't work out great no. in the end. But no, that didn't, didn't happen. No, it was very opening to see that. And I did a whole podcast. My podcast last week on Earth, I did a whole episode on that trip where I interviewed my Israeli tour guide and my Palestinian tour guide. Oh, wow. And we just dove deep into trying to debate it out and find oh, if, yeah. see if we could find any, any common ground on it. And uh, it's a very intense situation there for sure. It's a part of the world that, I think only, we all agree, I think only Jared Kushner can solve. Listen, it's so funny. I was sitting with mothers that were both Palestinian and Israeli when I went to Ramallah. And they were all working to find solution because what they kept saying was, it is our kids who die. It's our kids who fight. She's like, these politicians go to dinner together. They are hanging out. This is all about money for them, but we are the currency. And and then it gives you a perspective about, because when you see the news, you know, mm-hmm. the news gives you um, a different story than what is actually there. And for me as a brown person, everywhere I go, I go find my people. And nobody can brainwash me into demonizing people of color because I know what it what it. It feels like, you know, so I, I don't when I say I, I respect that ideology doesn't mean that I'm pro oppression of Palestinian people because I'm not pro oppression. I mean, and that's an interesting. So I 
I did watch the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. And I did it kind of as an excuse to day drink. I think similar. Any excuse for me. You don't. Yeah. You know, and it also is the one time a year where, and I don't stand for the anthem. I didn't, obviously I was watching on TV. Yeah. Like whatever. But I, it's like the most American I'll feel all year. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, yeah, come together and the big game with the ball, you know, I don't know. Like then, but what I liked about this Super Bowl and the fact that some people are protesting and I think that's great. And, I, and the, for the fact that like, if I were, if I had any clout, like I probably would more right. so, um, but I felt like it was less important this year and that was kind of great. It the did fact feel that, that like, way. Yeah. it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't put our, I shouldn't put my one day of patriotism into this day. Let's put it into, you know, MLK Jr.'s birthday, which just passed, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, like, let's do something different for America or, for, you know, but it, so I don't know, like, I'm not sure, like, do we protest? I mean, so I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, well, I'm torn. Cause I like that it took a, a knock, like it was down a peg, right. a yeah. few pegs. But I'm like, do we fight for a better Super Bowl? Well, what? well, what's also interesting too to me is that it wasn't it wasn't made a big deal that people were really protesting the Super Bowl. It was kind of to me, it was like kind of pushed under the carpet. It was like, yeah, some people are protesting, but da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like, but it wasn't like a big movement. I didn't feel, you know, and and someone also brought up to me a point that I didn't even think about until I watched the Super Bowl was that like the 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 young ladies who sang the American anthem, mm-hmm. right? They're Chloe under they're under Beyonce's camp mm-hmm. right now beyonce jay-z all of them are you know protesting the super bowl but yet their artist is still singing at right. the super Bowl. because they have separate management but st- you know but I-, I would assume that they you know they can't force them to do that though, true if they true. wanted to i mean and, and i and i thought about that because i did see the roster and i did there was a lot of pandering to black people listen yeah. mm-hmm. let's just be real about it there's there's a uh, gladys knight saying they said chloe and Haley saying yeah. they said they had uh politicians that were there. Yeah, uh, John, John Lewis, Lewis flipped the thing the along with the, Martin, yeah. Luther yeah. King, Martin Luther King's youngest yeah. offspring. Yeah. yeah. But like, Adam Levine you... got more tattoos just <laughs> to be like, do I look more like no, Adam Travis Levine Scott? sang in blackface. I don't know if you guys heard yeah. that. He, no, he, really, saw that part. he, he was, was totally totally trying to pander fully. You should have seen it, Ida. <laughs> <laughs> what I heard was that, that SpongeBob should have done the halftime <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, they said. The whole that. thing. But why? Well, not why. Where do you draw the, draw the distinction between pandering and actual respect? Like, is it pandering to have Martin Luther King no. Jr.'s? I think that because there has been daughter such a, flip a coin. I think yeah, that's cool. No, I think it's cool on any other Super Bowl when Colin Kaepernick hasn't been a thing. But I think it was the response to Colin Kaepernick because the NFL has been, um, come on, they blackballed a guy who stood up. Or who who was trying to give a voice to people who never have a voice. So we have all of this Colin Kaepernick controversy about the him most being, nonviolent yeah. piece of protest, the smallest right. act. Oh, and sure. just so by like, a military person telling him, "Hey, it's disrespectful. Sure. You stand, just take a knee or whatever." But then I feel like the this is this is their answer to it is we're not racist. We have Gladys Knight right. singing this. We're not racist. We got all these black people here. You still have not reinstated this man. You still haven't. Uh, but you still haven't validated what he's standing for, which I think requires a lot of attention. It is not a. We're not making this shit up. You know, right. we're not making it up. So then it does feel a little bit like instead of addressing the elephant in the room, they go round up all the black people that they can get that are willing to rock with them and saying we ain't racist we do love black people yet and still 
The situation is still the same, if not worse. And nobody has ever taken a moment to just have a, 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 an exchange with Colin Kaepernick right. that it, that would just give him the the respect that he's given everybody else. And I think that that's why it felt like pandering. Well, I agree with that point, but I, I also don't agree with like needing to boycott an event because what's the issue? We're, we're, we're wanting Colin Kaepernick to get another job in the NFL. So we want him to play potentially in the Super Bowl, but just not watch it. You see, my point is like, mm-hmm. is I think that where we need to land, my opinion on a lot of these issues is just mutual respect a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's we don't have to force a boycott on everybody that doesn't want to boycott an event. What we do have to force on people is respect of other people's boycotts. And you can hop on if you want, but don't denigrate it. But I think the whole thing snowballed from a lack of respect for someone's very small gesture of protest over what is objectively a systemic wide racist problem of police brutality and that is undeniable. And so one little action then snowballed. So it's almost like, are we still talking about this? And then so now I'm rethinking. It's like, oh, yeah, because he has been completely blacklisted Mm -hmm. and he has been shunned. And he was basically made an example of in this fucked up like really like master to slave kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, no, I hate to put it in that way, no, but, but like, that's true. it but feels true. like that. And Roger Goodell still the head. So like, I agree. Like those, I'm torn. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I don't think all those people were like just puppets of the pandering. But at the same time, it's Roger fucking Goodell. That, that guy is such a piece of yeah, shit. They were puppets of the pandering. He's, he's such a piece of shit. Like, and it's not only covering up the brain injuries, domestic violence, you know, players deserve more respect than that. Malcolm X's daughter on there. Why Martin Luther King's daughter? Because he's always trying to push this peaceful, turn the other cheek uh, thing on people of color. The, the reason why I say Bang Lee that I think is very important for people of color to have stood in solidarity for that boycott is because people of color could really use the morale boost and the understanding that their dollars matter. Right. So it, it, white people didn't have to do that. But I do think that in order for black and brown people to understand how do you affect change in a system that's designed to keep you down is to learn where to put your dollars And I think that standing in solidarity as people of color and understanding that when you do stand with your people, you can make a difference. You don't have to go set anything on fire. You set things on fire when you keep your dollar to yourself. It actually makes a difference. And that's what I think that collectively as a people, we need it because um, a lot of times we feel like we can't make a difference. It feels overwhelming. That's a very good point. But I feel like at the same time, what race were 80% of those players? Well, that's the yeah. other thing. I was like, the really they're, makeup... They're not being asked to boycott. The, right. They, I was gonna say they, to, didn't. they just didn't right. do it. To make right. a real stance, it has to be where you hit the hit the dollar. So it's like you're going to have to have the players who aren't going to play. Yeah. You have to have the advertisers who aren't going to advertise right. during the commercials. And all that, the black talent that's utilized in those commercials saying, mm-hmm. I, don't, I stand for this. I don't want to be involved or have my spot run during this time period. Did you right. you think Big Boy should have done should have uh, no performed? I don't think he should have I think it. he should have not worn that fur coat that's what I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like that is the question right how the, many chinchillas had to die that's what, <laughs> that's why I asked between pandering versus respect it's like I read the article the link that you sent Ida and it said um, people criticized that the mostly white Maroon Five was asked to perform but then it's also bad that Big Boy and Travis Scott are performing and 
Martin Luther King's oh, daughter and you. John Lewis. So it's like, you and can't Gladys win for Knight. losing. No, I yeah, understand like what you, you're saying. You can't be criticized on both sides yeah. for having black people and not having black it, people. It would have been particularly weird. I mean, the whole the Super Bowl halftime show became politicized when people suddenly said Beyonce basically had Black Panthers up on the stage uh, oh, yeah. dressed in, you know, with Black Berets who crushed it and were amazing and yeah. everyone freaked out. And she made great comments about police brutality in that halftime show. Sure. And, and so, so there also, it's like, when do you grab a stage and use it? Like, what would be the most impactful thing in the world if like all the players on both teams agreed to stage a take a knee during the game at some right. point in the play and like halted the Super Bowl and like took a real stand and said for the next five minutes, no plays are happening. Happening until we get the, the the entire arena applauding on the fact that we will support people's right to protest and people to people's right to peacefully protest, and then when everybody starts get some kind of coalescing of of emotion and humanity and, and American true values, then you play ball again, and then you get people on the same page and say no more. That's why to me it's just so much more important the respect and getting on this and not allowing the dog whistling to racists that Trump does, not allowing mm -hmm. the tweet, standing up against the things that hurt a cause rather than expecting everybody to boycott a thing that isn't the issue itself. It's the response. But I, Trump I think, flipped the response, right? No, I know. But I think it was important for, like I said, for the people to understand that they can make a difference. And it also sends a message to the black players who played in the Super yeah. Bowl to know that that many people did right. not tune They're in. They're supported. Right. Because they need to, they, people need to know that Listen, we won't. And I and I told you uh, when and I said what I said about Jewish people like w love it or hate it. It doesn't matter. Jewish people will support Jewish people and they will never forget what happened to them. And they will always remember that with moving forward with regards to their people. So I think it's really important for us to understand that because we don't we don't know that we're too divided. Uh, we got a call. Thank you for calling Truth Serum. Who's this? Hi, Torres. Hi, how are you? Thank you for calling. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Is Javier Pedrosa still on? No, Javier Pedrosa will be on on the second hour <laughs> of the show <laughs> um, at 6 p.m. Oh, I, well, I'm calling from New York, honey. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay, well. So. <laughs> Well, I'm in California, honey, and it's 554. So it's going to be a plus three situation. So at uh, nine o'clock for you. Okay, thank you for calling. I think she made a really important point, you guys. And the point she made is that we're not even on the same page time zone. Really <laughs> we got to get that together we first. We are not one country anyway. Love it. What happened? Um, anyway... <laughs> So uh, anyway, we're gonna uh, <laughs> wrap up the hour. <laughs> I cannot, uh, I can't get enough. I feel like this this show needs to be longer. But um, Ben, where can people find you? Uh, at Ben Glebe, B E N G L E I B on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, mostly. If you're old, Facebook, BenGlebe.com. <laughs> my podcast, Last Week on Earth. My game show, Idiot Test, on Netflix. I have an hour special on Amazon Prime. Please watch it called Neurotic Gangster. Ooh. And I have a big announcement uh, coming up with 
kind of related to my stand-up tour. I cannot say what it is, but you'll be hearing about it in the next week and a half. He's pretty, going pretty on damn, tour with Maroon 5. I'm going on tour with Maroon 5, <laughs> jumping into the crowd. <laughs> nipples out, y'all. Is, is Travis just, Scott going with you too? No, he's not invited. <laughs> uh, Kendall Jenner is invited. Oh, okay, good. All right. You got your Kylie, parties. I don't and I care. hate her. I don't uh -huh. care about any <laughs> of Just remember, know the name of the enemy. That's what I say. <laughs> and what's one thing about you that people may not know? One truth about you that people may not know? Um... I guess I've talked about it on some podcasts maybe, but I had a, a severe speech problem growing up where I couldn't even talk in front of a few people and had to tell all my teachers to never call on me. And uh, I overcame that uh, to do what I do now, which is, you know, talking you do on microphones. Talk. That's all I do. That's all I do. I even, love it. Even when I'm having sex, I just, I mostly just, just talk. talk. Yeah. You that microphone right by the bed. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then as soon as I'm finished, I go, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Francesca? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Franny Fio, F R A N I F I O. Um, on Instagram, same handle. Uh, my podcast, The Bituation Room, comes out every week. Listen to it. It's dumb, It's and it's fun. <laughs> I don't want to complete that. Um, and what else? Uh, what Something you don't know about me? Yeah. Um, I enjoy yoga. And I'm embarrassed by it. Why? I like yoga. Because it's just me and all the Beckys and everyone appropriating Indian and black culture. I have a, I was going, I, I didn't go to this class, but there was a class and I was like, should I go to this? And it, it's all trap music or it's all, no, it's all like hip hop and pop culture. And it was called Justin Timberlake versus Yin Yang Twins. And I was, and I know everyone in the, in the yoga class is going to be white. And I was like. I don't know if I can do this. I'm only half white. You're like, I'm already I... drunk. That was from a yoga my class. Super Bowl day. The yoga drinking. class. Justin Timberlake versus Yin Yang Twins. Well, you're which, by choosing the way, a... Yin Yang Twins. I think win. You're choosing a really bad example of a class to go to. Maybe be embarrassed of that class. That's all. And not yoga in that's general. That's all LA yoga is. It's just trap music with very very small white women. Yeah, you mean you mean. Wait till you see my dick. Verse. Wait till you see my downward dog. Yep. How is stretching oh, now appropriating? Wow. Stretching. I, my back needs yoga. Don't take this. I don't even do it. I know. But I'm going to do I'm it. I'm never going to stop, but I will hate it. No, the, whole the appropriating time. yoga is when Gwyneth Paltrow tells the girl that she she wouldn't have a job had it not been for her because she's the one that brought yoga to that's appropriating that, that's, that's appropriate but not going to yoga class but also that's not as big we have to prioritize in this country because that's not as big of an issue as Gwyneth Paltrow telling women to put eggs up their pussies <laughs> I just I just keep coming back to the fact that R Kelly still has okay. women uh, as sex slaves currently right now and young girls. Well, he's just trying to get as much of the population down Yay. there so that that public sentiment can't be against him. He's trying to get millions of people down there. So they down can't, where? In his dungeon or in whatever. Dungeon? So they can't vote against him in the public polls. Oh, he's going to just slowly make everyone slowly his make prisoner? everybody his prisoner. That's what he's doing. So he's like, there's like seven people out there. He's like, four of the seven are fans, man. And truth serum. <laughs> we are out. We'll be right back with the second half of the show. Um comedian Dominique is in the house and celebrity stylist Javier Pedrosa who's already getting phone calls so we'll be right back <laughs> Daryl will be right here Yo. that was like a point of view. <laughs> 
sell them, don't even try to shoot up a shell and kick it with Kelly or Holly B. You gotta be G's, you way out of your league. We like them boys that be in them legs, leaning, leaning. Open them out, they grill, gleaming, gleaming. Candy paint, keep that whip cleaning, cleaning. Always be talking that country slang. We like beat that be in the back, beating. I be so low from the chief end. I love how he came about it
I'm like a walking bank. Tell me what you drink. Tell me what you think. If I go get these bottles, we go alcohol and tank. Calling all the girls. Do you hear me? All around the world. City to city. Cheers to the girls, or juice to the guys. Now I got a chicken and a goose and a rag and loose in a rag. Hey, nice nigga, you can move to the move to the move to the side. show you how to keep the dice rolling when you're doing that thing over there, homie. Cause I'm feeling like I'm running and I'm feeling like I gotta get away, get away, get away. Better know that I don't and I won't ever stop cause you know I gotta win every day, day. She really, really wanna pop me. Just know that you will never pop me. And I know that I gotta be a little cocky. 
you ain't never gonna stop me. Every time I come, a nigga gotta set it, then I gotta go in, then I gotta get it, then I gotta blow in, then I gotta shut it. Any little thing a nigga think that he be doing, cause it doesn't matter, cause I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna murder everything and anything about a boom, about a bang. I gotta do a lot of things to make it clear to a couple niggas that I always win, and then I gotta get it again and again and then again. <laughs> And I be doing it to death, and now I move a little foul. I nigga better call a rap, and everybody know my style. And niggas know that I'm the best when they come to doing this. And I be banging on my chest, and I bang in the east, and I bang in the west, and I kinda give you more, and I will never give you less. You will hear it in the street, and you can read it in the press. Do you really wanna know what's next? Let's go. See the way we on it, and we all up in the race, and you know we gotta go and try to keep up with the pace. And we struggling and hustling and set it and get it, and we always gotta do it, take it to another place, gotta taste it, and I gotta grab it, and I gotta cut all through this traffic just to be at the top of the throne, but I know I gotta have it, have it. Look at me now, look at me now, oh. I'm getting paper, look at me now, oh, look at me now, yeah Fresh to the motherfucker Man, fuck these bitch-ass niggas, how y'all doing? I'm Latunche, I'm a nuisance, I go stupid, I go dumb like the Three Stooges I don't eat sushi, I'm this shit, no, I'm pollution, no substitution Got a bitch that play in movies in my jacuzzi, pussy juicy I never give a fuck about a hater, got money on my radar Dressed like a skater, got a big house, came with an elevator You niggas ain't eating, fuck it, tell a waiter All they say, shoot him, and I say, okay If you want that bullshit, then I'm like, oh, late I don't care what you say, so don't even speak Your girlfriend a freak like Cirque du Soleil That's word to my flag, and my flag red I'm out of my head, bitch, I'm out of my mind From the bottom of my climb, you ain't hollering at mine Nope, not on my time, and I'm not even trying What's poppin', slime? Nothing five And, if they trippin', and we are time, back It is Truth Serum Live with Iva Rodriguez It is the second half The second half of the show, the second hour And uh, I'm just as excited about the second hour, Daryl As I was about the first because the people on uh, this show are near and dear to me. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just laughing. You, you propped up your chair. I'm like, damn. Yeah, Maybe I know. Up. I feel so low. Right. I get excited um, uh, when, I, when I'm surrounded by greatness. And I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Surround mm-hmm. ourselves with great people and rise to the occasion. So we are back. It is the second hour of Truth Serum. It is de- December. It is February 4th. And um, yesterday was the Super Bowl. And a lot of people stood with Cap. It was the lowest rated Super Bowl in the decade. So those of you who stood with Cap, those of us who stood with Cap made a difference. And um, right now, I'd like to uh, introduce the, the two go- the two ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> the two guests of the second hour. <laughs> um, to my right, which you can't see, but you will be able to see shortly, is um, one of the comedians that I actually... Started watching when I started when I began my stand up career. People that I aspired to be as funny as because I was like one thing about uh, the next comedian that you're you, that the comedian that you're gonna hear was just a comedian, not a she's funny for a woman, female comic, just comedian. And I, I watched her over and over again. We have a, a another friend in common, Joe Claire, who was like mm-hmm. also my big brother in this comedy game. And he was like, just watch her, watch her. And I did, and I learned. So Dominique is in the house. Thank you, Ida. Thank Daryl. Daryl. Okay, I didn't want to I say like, it. I'm going to make you say it like 10 times before the show's open. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl is in the house. Daryl. I like that. So you, How I y'all like, doing? Good. How you doing? You did doing? last comic standing. You did the last season. I did. I did last season. And you made it to the top. I made it to the top, and I lost. <laughs> but you did you really, though? Yeah, that. Won. I don't think so. I ain't going to never say that. I'm like Adrian Broner. I lost, but I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, Adrian Broner say, I lost, but I didn't. No, I didn't think so. You didn't but, lose. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I came in second place, so, you know. 
That was I, a, I don't think so. But, no, you no. know what's funny? I met uh, Jennifer Hudson after I did Last Comic Standing, uh-huh. and I she said, "How did the show come out?" And she was like, "I said I made it in the top ten, but I lost." She said, "So did I." Right. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, right? I was gonna say, "Do you really want to win?" Rep, do you, you really want to win? You were with yeah. me. I'm like, "Do you Darryl really want to win?" Darius was there. Like, Darius was right there. That's I'm real like, talk, Darius. Do you really want to you know win? Saying? Yeah, it's true because Fantasia won and she didn't, and uh, Jennifer has an Oscar and a Grammy. So how yeah. about that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So the winner, ain't, that doesn't mean anything. Also in the house is a celebrity stylist, a new friend of mine who's, whose work I watched before I met him. And I said, I want to meet this man and I want to work with him because I saw that he did something special for the SAG Awards this year. Daryl, you were there. He uh, he got he he dresses a woman that is on Glow. What's her name? Shakira Barrera. Shakira Barrera, mm-hmm. and her dress had her Nicaraguan flag mm. in the back of the dress, the tail of the dress, where it, when it opened up, you could see the flag. But she was making a statement about her country. Wow, um, I like that. Seeking freedom for her country, mm-hmm. and it was like a that. beautiful dress. It wasn't tacky. She didn't look like old boy at the Clippers game. <laughs> but she was fly and um and it was just I, I was like these are the kind of people that I want to be involved with who do what they do but actually have something to say. So mm-hmm. Javier Pedrosa is in the house. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here with all of you and I respect all of you guys. So thank you. He's Thank a Puerto you, Rican, Javier. A Puerto Rican um you know. Puerto Rico. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, he got a hot. Y'all can't see it, but his jacket is hot. Too. Uh, it's fire. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I mean, I the jacket is fire. I saw that when you walked in. I was yes, like, yes, mm. I was like, thank dang, you, the you. jacket is fire. <laughs> I remember you. when I was first going to meet him. Um, I was like, what do I wear? And I was like, be as bummy as you possibly possibly can. Because <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to fall short because that's a stylist. So I went to that bitch looking homeless. <laughs> and I had the best time. There was no pressure. Was no pressure. We had a great time. We had that a great time good. getting to know each other. That was a great yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Great. And then he fitted me and, it, and I wore clothes that uh, actually fit me because you've been around me and you know people have dressed me and I'm like, snapping out of clothes <laughs> not eating for two days I don't want to do that anymore no and you have all the goods I mean you're a supermodel you're oh. 5'11 I, told, I was telling her uh, I think we all know supermodel Veronica Webb who is great you know and she reminds me very much of her so oh, I'm looking forward a, to nice what's happening I'll there. take that it right is, now is absolutely well I'm inspired. rocking this fake ponytail that got wet every, in the rain you know <laughs> I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. Every tall woman can't really rock tall. You know, right. it's, 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 it's real. It's, it's That's true. true. I get what you're saying. Some tall women, you would be like, they'll walk in the room, you'd be like, well, damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then some tall women, you'd be like, she goofy as hell. <laughs> so it, it says something when you tall and you able to, you know, rock out when you tall. And Ida can do that. I feel that. Yeah, you can, when you're able to be tall and rock out and you're a woman, you, that, that, that's, that's, that's dope. I appreciate you, Dominique. No, I it's true. I'm a little goofy, though. No, <laughs> Daryl ain't and, goofy. I, I mean, when it works for you. You know, you know what I'm saying? You but like, not like what like, kind of goofy I'm talking about. You tell know, us what kind of goofy you're talking about. like goofy. You be like, she like big goofy. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. It when ain't, no, it ain't nothing sexy at all. No, no sexiness. You know, when you were tall, most tall women, when you got that stature, when they walk in the room, they carry that thing. That's right. what we say in D.C. That man, you come in there and, he, and you almost a showstopper because you tall. 
But you just like, they like, well, okay, damn, she giving sexy. Then sometimes women, you be like, goofed out. <laughs> you goofed out. You be like, nah, you too tall, homegirl. You got to give a little swag with when you walk You got to see it, though. I'm putting that swag on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you put that swag with it. You got swag out. So, Javier, have you ever dressed someone and said, we got to do some work? It's not the outfit, it's you. Have you ever thought uh, about somebody and been like, you don't have to name them. But yeah, no, sure. I would never. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes it takes work within mm-hmm. in order to shine on the outside. And a lot of people, you know, I had a great SAG Award season. I'm very happy and so thankful that I was able to th- to dress three women. Uh, oh, you know, one, thank dope. you so much. Uh, one of them, you know, Shakira, as you mentioned, who is Latina and in her 20s, a uh, European uh, woman, also Mariana Palka from GLOW, who's in her 30s, mm-hmm. strong, directing, producing, and also an African-American, you know, curvy plus size woman. And so to me, I was so like just happy with myself that I was able to make these women feel like the queens that they are. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, there are some people who don't feel like the queens. And sometimes the industry makes them feel less than, you mm-hmm. know. So I've had very nice um, compliments from from my clients who say, you know, I've never felt this way. I normally cringe at these events because people don't treat me, you know, the way that I should be treated. So I love working with a lot of the ones that, you know, I'm here for you. I'm like, my job is to make sure to put on that armor, you know, which is, which we all know, you know the jewels and the mm-hmm. gowns and the hair and the whole thing. So they can stand next to the Nicole uh, Kidmans of the world mm-hmm. and Reese Witherspoons and Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. you know, because we have them in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, us brown people come and, and we we have, we can name it, right? It's like Meryl Streep, Viola Davis, uh, mm. Selenis Leva. You know, who do you think? You know, you can go on. There's many, many talent within our culture. So I think that my job is to make sure that they come correct. And, yeah. you know, so I think that I'm doing that for right now. So I, I think hire. all the women of color should just show up one day naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. They would shut the red mad. carpet shut down. down. Yeah. See all them hips and ass everywhere. Everybody be like, ah. Yes. And Nicole who? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's another thing is like, you know, pulling for our women, you know, a mm-hmm. lot. And we've seen this a lot. A lot of celebrities speaking out. They can't get any, any designers to, you know, dress them and stuff like that. So I like working with up-and-coming designers, you know, that are willing to dress. I work with somebody in Bolivia, Erika Wise, who has created amazing things for the SAG Awards. You know, she had never done that before. Now, she's to me, she's like the next Carolina Herrera. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. we need to cultivate the next generation. Send the elevator so. down. Stop being so stingy when you get to the top and send the elevator down. Yes. Exactly. The first lady of the America of the United States of America, Michelle Obama, went and got a whole bunch of new black designers to design Absolutely. dresses. Yes. Send the elevator down. Because I think sometimes designers, a lot of them get stuck in like, if you don't wear size five, and it's just really not realistic because... It ain't a whole bunch of fives out here. <laughs> and once they get over 40, they really ain't. I got cousins and everything with five. They turn 40 fat as hell. <laughs> I'm five on the right and yeah, I'm five on the left. <laughs> now, Javier, what's your process? Because you know, I work with a lot of stylists. Do you, when you go, do you see 
when you do you meet with the person first and then kind of get you know create the look from that or do you literally just go places you're like that's a, that's a perfect outfit for this person that's a perfect outfit for this person like what's your process i think it's both you know when you have time and you're able to create and devote time to a project mm. then you're able to create you know Boom, whatever you need. Like Shakira, we knew we wanted to do this for Nicaragua from very on. We went to the uh, Nicaragua Freedom Coalition in Washington, D.C., and we automatically knew that we were going to take this opportunity of the SAG Awards, take the platform, and create something beautiful. And I was able to go and uh, create this with a white friend of mine because I need to say that, you know, I hear a lot of conversations with brown people and white people and all this, and I just think that. We're all, we can all create magic together. You know, his name is Scott Nyland. Shout out to, you know, designing that with mm -hmm. me because, again, he's from Minnesota, you know, and uh, and he's fighting for, like, the Amazons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so I think that uh, you have some time. You can create things like what we did with Shakira. Uh, there are others that are like you see something and it reminds you of the client, you know, their style, what they want to be giving out there. And there are some that you really just... They call you the day before and say, hey, <laughs> I'm going to so-and-so premiere. Can you get me ready? Yeah. And it's like, right. okay, let's go. I feel so let, I want to ask Dominique this. Dominique, do you feel now that uh, you have to look a certain way when you do stuff as opposed to where before? Like, I feel like Hollywood, everybody is turned into how we look. Uh, what we got on, how our hair is done. Even for a last comic standing, like you start mm -hmm. to feel a pressure that you never felt before where mm -hmm. you could just wear jeans and a shirt and just be funny. It's like yeah, not anymore. Have, no, not anymore. Like you can't even like, like I would go to a comedy club and just go up. But the, I think the, the, the more your celebrity grows, like people want to take pictures and then social media is deadly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> deadly. You know, they don't even try to shoot you in the leg. They taking all head shots. Yes. <laughs> they going to kill you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They don't want you to live. Oh, I'm going to kill you. So I do think you, you know, you got to come around to it. What do you think about dressing comedians, Javier? Do you think that, um, for example, we, we have to do stuff, television stuff. We do live appearances. Do you think that we have to wear clothes that in some way, uh, not explains, but indicates that we are funny people or can we just live in the fashion world without having to explain anything at all? I think when you're on stage, it's one thing, but when you're on your day-to-day -day life, you should be like, you know, yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there are also ways to updating who yourself may be, you know, mm -hmm. that sometimes you just get lost in your day-to-day. But I think when you're doing a show, you should definitely make an impact with your wardrobe. I mean, you'd, um, we spoke about this. I mean, I think like Eddie Murphy is such an icon when it comes to that. You think of that red leather mm -hmm. you know, jacket and the red, you know, that was such the a outfit statement. outfit that let the world know he had a big dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a statement no, to me. If a woman would have done that shit, they would have been like, why no is she trying doubt. to? No doubt. Eddie Murphy said, look a here, look a here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think that for the performance, I mean, you are performing. You're on stage. Mm -hmm. You should be giving it your all, you know. Mm -hmm. And then for your personal life, and if you're doing interviews and things like that i definitely think you guys need to go <laughs> and call me so i could <laughs> be there for you because i think there's also uh that it, that representation and i think that there are little girls looking up little you know young men coming up looking at us 
you know, so we have to set the standard because there's other people who are doing it, you know, mm-hmm. so how are we going to come up short? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Dominique, are you, what's your go-to outfit? Like, are you, are you more of a casual type female or you like to, you know, spice it up a little bit? Well, um, it's like what Harvey has said. It's pretty much like what I'm doing. Okay. Like, okay, so, like, if I'm going to work out and stuff, I like to be comfortable when I'm working out. And I say that, like, if I'm just going to a club around here or something of that nature, I don't know. I might put on some jeans, some little sweatpants. It's going to always be decent. It's going to always be a comfortable, quote, unquote, cute look. Now, when I'm working and I'm doing clubs and I'm doing theaters, my sister travels with me and my sister also does the shopping because I'm lost at that point. Because I know I need to look a certain way. Like all the stuff I wore in last comic standing, my sister picked all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. We went shopping and she'll go to little boutiques and those type of things and all those type of things. And um, and I'm glad I met Javier because my sister is one that says, like, the further we move up, we do need a designer. Yeah. And then from there, we can all sit down and say, this is our direction. This is what we want to do. So it, it all depends. And, like, if I'm doing the theater, those people pay a lot of money to come, and they're dressed. Mm-hmm. So you have to look presentable. If I'm doing a club, they spending their Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night with me. So they're sitting there, and they're dressed nice. So I'm dressed. So I am dressed. And, I mean, I be suit tight too spikes <laughs> everything yeah. all together you know you and you chunky you got to hold that thing together you can be so ready for it to be over pop 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 <laughs> be so glad it's over you're like ooh I get my breathing rhythm back I'm just taking sips <sighs> so yeah you definitely I definitely so um, one of the topics of the day that we were talking about was the Super Bowl and who uh, watched, who didn't, who stood with Cap, who didn't. And, and, I, and I don't want to say that you didn't stand with Cap if you did watch. But um, so did you guys watch the Super Bowl? I didn't. I ain't watch. Were you making a stance? Is that the reason that you didn't watch? I was working. Okay. <laughs> Getting checks. I yeah, I have... Thankfully, I'm styling somebody for the Grammy, so all right, Javier. Yes, this does. I'm like, I was busy. I didn't, you know, and I do stand with (laughs) on that. Like, I'm like, there's, we have to make this right. Oh, I didn't tell you this too, Dario. The kind of thing, and I'll tell Javier this. My sister always picks out things that are slimming. Okay, you know what I mean. They. And they're slimming, like so. I'm a fat girl, but this particular outfit, you don't look so fat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's giving you that right. Harvey ain't know what I'm talking about. Giving you that showing right. them nice curves in the right yeah, places. Yeah, show that then hold this in right here, and then you know that 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 looks nice that way. So working with to, the assets. Yeah, you gotta work with what you got, and yeah. then when you put that confidence with it, you like what Meryl Streep? Why? Yes. Who? Who? Get your strange on. Yeah, I ain't even realized I was fat for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never know I was fat. That's why I go on stage. You gotta have confidence to go on stage. I didn't realize I was fat. And then one day I was talking to one, I don't know, maybe it was my sister. I was like, the cleaners just shrunk my damn shirt. She said, no, they didn't. <laughs> you outgrew it. But they didn't shrink no shirt. It's dry clean. I was like, okay, I am fat. I never knew it. So. Don't you love the family, though? They keep it They keep they it, keep real, it 100. so real. You know what I'm saying? Keep the family so keep, you in, keep it in perspective. Oh, God. So 100. So so one of the topics for today that I wanted Super to bring Bowl. up here was, we just said it, you guys didn't watch the Super Bowl, but Liam Neeson oh. is trending today. And it was very disappointing to it see is. why he's he's trending. But so basically a friend of his, someone close to him got raped. And when he asked her who raped her, he, he 
one of the first questions he asked, what was the race of the person who raped her? Which was an odd question to come out the gate with. And she said a black, per a black person. So then he said he walked up and down a street with a stick. I forgot the name, the type of stick. Do you know the quote? Like the, a... Um, um, what the police like a black uh, yeah yeah uh, it was like kind of like a bludgeon kind of stick yeah it's like a baton but he said he walked up and down the street waiting on the first black person to uh, I guess provoke him so he can beat the person to with, death to death because he's obviously thinks he is in his actual movies and right. he really believes, right. doesn't for, he forgot he's an actor and he has a stunt double but mm -hmm. um so he he felt compelled and comfortable enough to have that conversation with a journalist who printed that article and put it out. And, and what he was saying was that he felt bad that he had gotten to that place. But what he didn't realize is that he 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 didn't say he felt bad for just asking at the, at the beginning what was the race, which is what, where the greater problem is, right? And now he's trending and he is canceled, uh, as they say, as the young people say. Oh, I sound like an old lady. What do you guys think about that? Because social media now is, you got to be very careful. You got to, it's careful. lurking, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's real. I mean, here's the thing. I'm like, when I was reading it, I was like, damn, I saw Taken. I don't want him coming after me because I saw what he does. If he can do that shit in real life, I don't, I don't want him coming after me. But it, it, the, the unfortunate thing is is, is kind of what you're saying is the fact that he literally was looking for a black man to start an, alter, you know, an altercation with and walk in the streets to do that. And I, I can give him a little empathy in the fact that he has been apologetic for mm -hmm. the fact that he, his viewpoint about it. But we need to go back to the real source of the problem. The problem is that you wanted a black man. What if a random black man had come up to him for an altercation? That would have been, you know, a, a bigger problem, a bigger issue. And you're taking out, taking him out for some stuff that he's not even involved with, you mm -hmm. know, and right. it's a bigger racist issue that that he I feel like he doesn't really see. He does. We haven't gotten to the root of the problem with him on that. And and, and he needs to acknowledge that. But I don't even think he is even thinking of it in that in that. I Brown. think he does because he spoke to the fact that he was telling this story to a journalist, which makes me believe that he feels like it's something wrong with this story. He said, and I'm telling it to a journalist. And I'm like, so what about finding the black man that did it? Right. You know, wait, wait till you find the black man that did it. And if you want to take issue with him because it's your friend, then okay. But you don't just pick a random black man and hope he confronts you about some nonsense and you're going to beat him to death. Right. It's outrageously racist. And I'm a big Neam Leeson Lisa fan, and I'm very disappointed in that. Yeah, I think it's very ignorant, unfortunately. Such yes. an ignorant way of thinking just to, you know, attack someone and you don't even know who they are. Right. I mean, it's just insanity. It just sounds... It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I just can't believe that we are in this time, you know, because unfortunately with the political climate that we have today, they feel like they can say that. They feel like, you know what? Mm -hmm. The door is open. Fuck it. Let's go. You know, because they're, they're, they are living in fear. They're living in fear that us colored people are coming up, you know, because the reality is that we are the majority. Yes. And they're going to have to get used to some new stuff. And it's all going to be good. It's not like we're trying to be like, oh, you're going to pay for what you've done to us. And, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's just we need to, like, move on. And I think uh, somebody mentioned, you know, as soon as the the one on top goes down, I think that we'll see a little more unity uh, here in the U.S. 
Well, see, and also I have a little conspiracy theory, though, because I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, is he mentioning this stuff because he has a new movie coming out, Cold Pursuit? You know what I mean? This is off. Yeah, that could be it, too. It's awfully good timing for him to mm-hmm. a, tell this story. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. So, but I think it went terribly awry because if he would have said, my friend told me she got raped. She told me a black dude did it. I went out there and looked for a black dude, and now I feel really bad about it because it was misplaced anger. I think that would have been one thing, and that's racially, I mean, that's racist all unto itself. But the fact that he said, the first question he asked her was, did you get raped by a black man? Right right out the gate. Right out the gate. And the fact that he, you know, that that's when white people argue that there is no such thing as white privilege. That is white privilege. Being feeling comfortable enough to say that out loud to a journalist and believing that you can say that without consequence is amazingly drenched in white privilege. And what made him think he, like you said, he really believed his own movies. What made you think you was going to be to kill him? You might have got killed. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. What made you think he was you was going to walk up on him? He looking at taking too, too many times his own self. <laughs> yeah, it would have been taken and taken yeah. back. Taken out. <laughs> right. Been taken out. You ain't going to find it, your daughter the... this real life, and ain't nobody going to say cut. Right, the people of color version taken out. Yeah, taken <laughs> out. Like you just going to walk up with no. Nah. We're going to take a quick break. Um, this is Truth Serum Live with Aida Rodriguez. My co-host, Dario Christian, is in the house. Dominique is here and Javier Pedrosa. And we will be right back. When we come back, we're going to answer the question of the day. And I'm going to pose it to you guys that are out there listening. Do you have any regrets? Is there one thing you wish you would have done in your life that you didn't do? Call us, 310-986-6610. We'll be right back. Till I walk inside the doorway Bottles of that rosé Smiling like Dolce and Cabana Shout to you the baddest And to meet you is an honor La mama I got a table waiting What you think about a convo And if you like it baby We can take it to the condo And if you like the condo We can move the party to the bedroom I'ma beat your body like a congo Since we in the club For now, for now Might as well get another round Know this ain't nothing in your cup So get here baby Let me fill it up, fill it up Go girl Say, uh, you want me say, uh, shout it down. 
dance like a video vixen. Said her man be on that bullshit pimping. Well, I retire from the bull like Pippin. Trying to get you home or would you be Bart Simpson? Whip out front, we can leave like Pronto. Maple Leaf Flash got you feeling like Toronto. Make your body rise like you're puffing on a joint, though. Girl, that's only if you want, though. You ready? But since we in the club for now, now, might as well get another brown. Brown, know this ain't nothing in your cup. So get here, baby, let me fill it up, fill it up. Go, girl, girl. it's your birthday. Just like I'm your doctor, all I prescribe is cranberry and vodka. Then I'm trying to kick it, play a little soccer, and bust a couple off. Braca, braca. That song is so degrading to women, and I am. Um, uh, I just got a. That was dope. I got a social media. Trey song should be banned by the FCC. Dang. <laughs> what happened? What did I miss? Um, nothing. Don't. Every, everybody should be banned. At this point. Um, you are uh, back. This is Truth Serum Live with Aida Rodriguez. If you have something to say, you got a truth you want to share, you got a question for somebody on the panel today, 310-986-6610. Dario is in the co-captain seat. Dominique is here. Javier Pedrosa is here. And right now I want to know, is there anything that you feel uh, a regret about? Do you, is there one thing you wish you had the opportunity to do and you didn't do? That you wish you would have done. So I'm thinking about this question because I'm like, I don't want to be that douche that's like, there's nothing wrong with my life. Like, no, I don't have any regrets. But I think that uh, people take mistakes and turn them into regrets. And I I don't do that. So mm-hmm. I think my mistakes that I make, and every day I think that we all make some mistakes, but is to learn, you know, is to is to have me seated, sit, seated here today with you guys and sharing, you know, having this conversation with you guys. So I, I have to say that I live without regret. Um, my only regret is what I haven't done yet. So mm. Mm, I wish I could be that yeah, evolved. I'm going to have to agree with Javier on that. I don't really do regrets. Because regrets are things you can't change. Mm-hmm. And so it's like carrying something and holding on to it, knowing that I can't go back to 1991. I can't go back to 89. So I just kind of like. Damn, you, you know, called the year of my regret out. She just said 1991. <laughs> but yeah, I just really kind of just let them go move forward and learn from it. And, keep moving forward because it's hard every day to just keep moving forward carrying that yeah and you got to carry that with you you know what i'm saying you but is there something you wish you would have done that you didn't do you know i do wish i would have went to college but then when i look at the whole thing and the student loan don't love student loan debt and all that and my cousins that graduated from college can't even hardly get jobs. I said, well, shit, they should have did stand up <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that would have been one thing yeah, just because it would, because was what my mother wanted, you know, early mm-hmm. on. But when I think about that, I'm like, nah, nah, that was cool too. I'm all right. What about you, Hamid? Is there anything you wish you would have done that you didn't do? I think if I if I if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that I still have time to do whatever it is that mm-hmm. something comes up. Um, you know, I think I've, I I learned that lesson from my husband. Um, I have to say, uh, mm-hmm. 
he, it's a funny story, sorry, babe, that I'm totally telling on the air. Um, but, you know, he decided to go back to uh, school for his PhD. And, you know, he told his mom and, you know, uh, he, she was like, oh, wow, you're going back for your PhD? You know, you'll be like, you know, 50 by the time you get it, right? Which he's not. But um, <laughs> he said, well, I'm going to be 50 anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I mean, so I learned so much from that, you know, that experience that he had that really taught me, like, if if I think of something, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to accomplish it. Daryl. Oh wow, I was thinking about this. I was like, <clears throat> this this is a good one. Um, the, the only reg- I'm I'm kind of with the panel in one regard of I don't like to look at regrets because there's nothing I can do about something that's in the past. You know what I mean? I try and live my life moving forward and only moving forward and, and facing that way. But if I had one regret that I, that I do sort of sometimes pops in my head out, you know, I was in a relationship for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pulled up a picture of you two a few minutes ago. Burn it. Um, so, <laughs> just playing. My y'all, biggest regret. My biggest regret. Burn the damn relationship. <laughs> no. Not because that is the relationship, damn it. No, I'm just saying burn it. Burn that shit. No, I'm just, I'm joking. No, um, you guys were together. We were together for 15, uh, uh, together 15 years, but uh, we were basically married. You know what I mean? Um, My biggest regret actually is that towards the end, I knew that we were going south and I wish I had broken up the relationship so, prior to okay. because I never want to take a, away from her being able to have children or anything like that. And I felt, I felt like I was being a little selfish because I was in hopes that it would turn around, even though I knew that it was really not going to turn around. So my regret is that I wish we had ended it earlier. So I don't take away any part of the happiness in her life that she needs to move forward with. So that's probably my biggest regret. Okay. Well, I release you of that because that's Thank not you. your. Thank uh, you. I received that. That's that not good, your responsibility. Though, it, that, was, that was good that he admitted it, though. Yeah. That was most. A lot of men can't do that always. But, like, but she also owns responsibility in that because if you if you were somebody for fifteen years and you you can pretty much tell you where know it's when going. y'all headed in yeah. the wrong. Yeah. And if you really want to have a baby, you know where you came from to this point, yeah. and you can tell. You know what? We don't look like we going toward twenty years. We look like we about to say. Yeah, and your right. ovaries don't get any younger. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So well, but I, and that's why I feel bad because at the end of the day, a guy, you know, theoretically, I can shoot sperm when I'm eighty. You know what I mean? And you should have just had a baby by you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would have yeah. been a good dad. Look how good you are to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my dog that question. No, I don't know. No, no, I'm joking. Uh, no, I mean, and that's that. That would probably be one of the bigger ones. You guys are so evolved. I love it. Look, I regret. <laughs> My relationship with David, I re- I regret I not going name. to. Um, I do. I regret it. It was horrible. He's a bad person. I regret um, not going to Milan when I got an offer to go model in Milan, and um, I feel like it would have changed something for me. Although I don't believe in my heart of hearts that I was, I was gonna that modeling was the journey for me. I do believe I am where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen. How it would have turned out to go from the ghetto to Europe because I had never been out of something like my habitat. I regret that outfit I wore to that um, screening for the Andre the Giant thing on HBO that you pointed out. Javier was like, you can't ever do this again. Uh, I I have some regrets. And you know what I'm learning is not to fixate on them because I that's where I am now. I don't fixate on them, but I do acknowledge um, how uh, things could have changed for me had I not 
allowed myself not to feel believe in myself and love myself enough to step away from something that wasn't good for me, you know, because I didn't feel like I could do better or I deserved better. Mm. And and that's my greatest uh, my greatest regret of all time is not banking on me and letting other people's whispers in my ear telling me the lies about myself and believing those instead of believing what my grandmother taught me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. Um, but I, I love to hear, I love to ask people those questions because some people will be as specific and then you can see how people who lack accountability, who blame everything for, you know, on others. And I don't blame anybody. I'm accountable for all the choices I made. But I, I do regret that outfit really bad. I think that's at the time. Now I gotta go look at it. Oh <laughs> no! no just please. <laughs> where was it? Where were you? Which one? It was so. It was before I was uh, promoting the HBO uh, special that I did, the ensemble special mm -hmm. that I did, and so HBO calls us last minute. The Latino department calls us, you know, and they say, "Hey, they they want you to go to the Andre the Giant premiere," and. Um, they want you to, you know, go do the red carpet and, and promote the special that's coming out next week. Well, I was already out and about. And um, I had on a, this dress that I just regular like dress that I like, you know, and um, I had heels and I had uh, some boots in my car and I wore the boots because I didn't want to wear the heels because of my um, I, I had some stuff going on with my back. But I didn't realize that because I was telling the people on the red carpet, I didn't want them to catch the boots. And those assholes were like, no, we're not going to get you. We're only getting mm -hmm. you from. But the boots on that red carpet, <laughs> they right on. <laughs> but that's yeah. what you got to learn. Like people, even though they hard choices, don't tell me the red carpet and I got beat in five minutes. I can't make it. Mm -hmm, yeah. I say it in a minute. I be like, I can't make it. It's two last minute. And I will get to making some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you got to do? Oh, Lord, my whole schedule. Tell Andre the Giant I want to do it. And if I could do it by the time I get home and shower, I start listening off everything I got for the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and then y'all ain't going to even honor Ida's request. That's dirty. What she said, don't go low. And they done went dag on low. Oh, they mm. went the lowest low can go because I look like. Uh, what's his name? Bagger. What's the one from the um, Bagger Vance? No, not Bagger oh. Vance, but it could have been. I'm like, damn, Bagger Vance. No, from uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, what's the name of the, of the man that wrangled the hobbits? Oh. <laughs> I look like the man that See, wrangled. Now I gotta find it for real. It's not hard to find. You just gotta Google my name. And but because I'm like that way, I have people that don't like me because I'm that way. But I'm just, just how I am. Maybe that. They don't like you because you don't. You're not gonna do something that's not good for you. <laughs> no, because I. They don't think. They think when you're not the celebrity, they think you should be. You shouldn't be saying those type of things. But, but that's how you become the celebrity. Right, you gotta set the tone. That's like, right. I'm not can't make it. I tell you, why you get no? Because y'all was supposed to call me some days ago. I don't got my glam squad. I mean, what I'm doing? What am I doing here? I don't have no outfit. I ain't got no. Got to do laundry before I come gonna be over by the time I do all that. But see, I think also when you when you do that, people really want they want you more after that. They yeah. act like they don't, but they do because they're like, why? Why are you turning me down? What's up? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, and you should set a standard for yourself. Exactly. For the would, way would, you again, work. would they call mm -hmm. Reese Witherspoon and be like, "Girl, we need you here in five minutes"? No, no. that would not happen. So why do we have to jump? You know, that's just true. because we're in the room, get out of here. Yeah, that's that. what my uh, my uh, partner. Uh, we don't know what to call each other anymore. We've, <laughs> we're like 
We look, and then when I say partner, people are like, oh, I didn't know she was a lesbian. I'm like, no, he is a dick. But I don't know what to call anymore if I sound ridiculous when I say boyfriend because I feel ridiculous saying that. But he always tells me, he's like, if you don't, if you don't value who you are, nobody else you will. And he's always true. like, you have you to. to do it. And he's always telling me, like, now stop being accessible to every and anybody. Everybody yeah. shouldn't be able to. And, and, you know, he's like, I know you're building your brand on being grounded and real, but you also can't pimp yourself out. And then finding that balance is so hard. It's hard, especially it's hard. for us. I think that, you know, we're so thankful to be in the room. That yes. is almost like we walk in with our heads bowed down mm -hmm. yes. when we need to, when, you know, that's what I tell my girls and I'll be telling you is you better own it when you walk into that room. And I love that she's 5'11 and she's going to be like six something with the heels that I'm going to put her in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to own it. And, you know, her being Puerto Rican and being such a success, like for as she, when she called me, I was like, yes, I don't even know you, but yes, because, you know, you're my sister. We're going to do this. You know what I mean? So I think it's up to us. Like we really have to own it. We, re you know, I love the African American community right now, and the way that they're all coming together mm -hmm. because you see it. Any when Viola wins, they all stand up. When Taraji wins, they mm -hmm. all, you know, and the in the style itself, you have seen since Black Panther what the carpet has looked like. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. It's like watching, you know, this kingdom come through the red carpet. You know, we have the same stories as to. Too, you know, Latinos, the same thing with, you know, our Anglos friends and everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, we have those things, so we should use them and own them. And, and especially being a woman, you really have to set the tone about how you're going to be treated in this business. Mm -hmm. Man, I've you had know, to. You know, you, you really, you're going to have to set the tone. And then if you don't like it, that's unfortunate, but I'm just not doing that. I'm not working for that amount of money, you know. And, 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 and <clears throat> Monique told me that years ago. She was like, you can't always let them know your stomach touching your back. Mm -hmm. You got to go home sometime and eat that bologna sandwich, and it's going to be all right. So you got to set a standard, and once you begin to set a standard, they be like, she ain't going for that, so you might as well call somebody else. Absolutely right. Do you think of the success of, like, Black Panther and all these, you know, different uh, TV shows that are having predominantly black cast that are getting more recognized? Do you think that Hollywood is now starting to respect the, the black woman, the 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 black writer actor director screen you know that process now or just and Latinos you know like I, I uh, think, across the board I think we're making some headway yeah I will say that I think that we are making headway respect eh, I think we still got some work to do but I think we're making headway and as long as we're going forward and making headway we're headed in the right direction and I'm happy about that and I think that that's a great thing mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, the Latinos are uh, I think the African-American community has taken a leap ahead and not to compare the Latinos with the black experience, because I think that that's where we fail mm -hmm. when we start comparing ourselves to the other marginalized groups right. as a mm -hmm. for, uh, instead of comparing ourselves to the white standard that is always on top and holds us down. We start comparing ourselves Well, the black people are this black people are finally getting a, a piece of the pie that and and the whole pie is half of the pie is over there mm -hmm. and then you get some crumbs that are distributed over here and then we we are comparing ourselves to the other people with the crumbs instead of saying why can't we get a piece they get a piece why can't everybody get a piece so i think that the latin community because 
we keep uh, we keep um, deluding ourselves into believing that there's a Latin market and there isn't because there's a Latin diaspora, but there's no market because Puerto Ricans, Dominicans and Cubans have more in common culturally with Jamaicans and Bahamians than they do with people from Argentina. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Central American people and then there's the South American and the, the Colombians and the Panamanians and the Venezuelans and Puerto Ricans have something more in common than than we do with the people from Chile and Peru. And I think that people don't realize because they say they all speak Spanish. But that we're not all the same. And so we are very divided because we really lack solidarity because we have colorism within our own communities, the ones that are whiter, that are more European. They hold us back as well. So we have this big old drama so that it's really hard for us to ask people to give us a seat at the table when we can't even sit with each other. Exactly. Well, we got that drama too, Ida. Yeah, no, no. I you know, know we, we got that same kind of drama going on, so... Well, we, there's a great part of our community that belong to black people because we got black Panamanians and black Cubans. And so they are part of the black journey. And then there you got the Latinos who are white who look down on their own people who mm -hmm. speak their own Spanish. You know, it's just we are so divided. And if that if that 21 Savage thing did not tell inform us about one thing is that we should find solidarity because I believe that if black and brown people found unity, we could flip the table over, you know, between the two of our communities. There is no and, and being that we we intersect, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. there's an intersection there. But I think it's so hard it because is. of each community's great struggle. Yep. Mm -hmm. As in I'm just saying our whole existence basically. Mm -hmm. So it's so hard and because of our existence, we had all these issues and we got all this baggage that we can't even see the forest for the trees because what you're saying is absolutely right. If we were able to do that one thing, we'd flip the whole shit. Yeah, and huh. it's just embedded in us. You know, it's, it's embedded just like, it's, 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 it's so much history in there of just, we don't, you know, even now it's, we don't. We're not the only. We don't have to be the only ones in the room. We don't have to compete with, you know, with every all of us together. You know what no, I mean? It's just don't. like. It, but it's it's still hard to get out of that mentality. You know, it's I so hard. Even I, I, I have. Uh, calls with like black press and we talk about even on the red carpet is that the black people a lot of times don't stop for the black press you know what I mean and like but the white people will stop you know but the blacks and Latinos they tend to once they get to a certain place keep walk past the black outlets or the Latino outlets and it's like well damn you mm -hmm. know like we're supporting you we're helping you get here like but it's, it's also it's, it once again it goes back to that mentality it's like well no the white outlets are better you know that's that I need mm -hmm. to go to this place because I'm gonna get this but you need to start still back with your foundation and 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 you know where the support started you know yeah I, mean? I think it's really up to us I mean our generation is very very important I mm -hmm. think it's really up to us to kind of break those barriers yeah. and say we're uniting you know a lot of a lot of great beautiful people from Nicaragua reached out to me after Shakira mm -hmm. asking me if I was from Nicaragua I and that. I was like no I'm Puerto Rican and Colombian but yes I'm Nicaraguan. You're my brother and sister. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it doesn't matter that I'm not from your country. Like, you know, right. we're Latinos. We are one, you know. So if if my message for this show, it will be for us as Latinos and obviously with our brothers and sisters to come together. We have to, to call me Mexican, call me Honduran, call me Bolivian, call me whatever you want. I'm still a human being. And I think that's just the point all across. Well, I like it. Um, I we like to um, end our segments 
Uh, I, I can't believe it's just 655. It just pisses me off how fast the time goes. <laughs> I know. I wish we had like another hour. We was really getting yeah. into it. You know? We was going deep. We was right. going in. Um, I want people. I want you to let people to know, uh, know where they can find you, what's going on. And then we have this thing that we do where everybody shares a truth about themselves that people, that your fans or the people who know you probably don't know about you. So we'll start with you. Um, uh, Dominique, Dominique. Kamadai. Um, it's my name, D-O-M-I. This is an Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's my name, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. Kamadai, I was trying to spell comedy different, but I got way away from what I was trying to do. <laughs> and when I realized it was comedy, Kamadai, I was like, the hell with it. I'm just going to leave it. So that's Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, it's called um, Dominique Comedian, C-O-M-E-D-I-E-N-N-E. Um, I have a show on Adult Swim. That comes on every Friday night with Cartoon Network called Tropical Cocktails. I'm going to be in a show that's coming on Adult Swim called Black Jesus. I'm in this show that you'll see this year on um, BT. I did some parts in that. It's called Games People Play. And um, I'm going to be doing stand-up in the city near you. I'm going to Cleveland February. I'll be at the Improv February whew, 28th to the 1st, March the 1st, something like that. Javier? So my Instagram is Javier underscore Pedrosa and Twitter the same. Um, I think the one truth that people don't know about me is that I'm a twin. Um, oh, there's two dope. of us. Yeah, I have a, he's like the best uh, side of me. <laughs> His name is Ariel. He's awesome. But yeah, I have a twin. Fraternal or identical? We are uh, fraternal. We don't look alike. Yeah, okay. He's like five, six and white. <laughs> He's more Colombian looking. I'm more Puerto Rican looking. Oh yeah, things that people don't know about me that I'm pretty much. I don't know. Probably like a little hermit. I like to <laughs> chill at the house, cook some food, kick back. I go to different functions and stuff, but I don't be wanting to go. <laughs> <laughs> I be going because it's a necessity. After a while, I be like, I'm ready to go home. Daryl? Uh, oh, you oh, can sorry. find me uh, at Daryl Kristen, um, D-E-R-R-I-A-L-C-H-R-S-T-O-N. I'm on a show uh, called This Is L.A. on CBS. It's a lifestyle uh, entertainment show. We go around the cool hot spots in Southern California. Uh, we start season three in a couple weeks. Uh, something that, uh, you, what is it, something you may not know about me or something I want to tell about myself? Truth about, uh, truth about myself, I am obsessed with murder documentaries. I just finished Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix, oh, and I cannot oh. sleep for two damn days. I went. I would wake up at 3 in the morning and go look at my door to make sure it was locked. I got a joke about that because I had to stop watching Forensic Files. Oh, I feel you. I just had to stop this stuff getting your spirit. You it get does. paranoid. It does. <laughs> I start hearing shit. shit that ain't really yeah, there. Yeah, stuff you waking up, you nervous. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that, Darian. So we are um, wrapping up this weekend. What about we you, know, Heidi? You yeah, what about you? Yeah, we want to know. So Reno, I'll be there this weekend, Thursday through Saturday. I'll be at Reno Tahoe Comedy in, at the Pioneer Center. Next weekend, I'm at the Cellar, uh, the 11th through the 15th. And go to funnyither.com to find out where you can see me live. I'm I'm traveling all over the place this month. I'll be in Washington, Minnesota. I'm going to be in Grand Rapids. So pick up some tickets and come see me live. Uh, one of the things about me that you probably don't know is that I uh, I was raised by a gay man. And... Um, he went, my uncle Raymond, who I speak of often, my company's name is Dancing with Raymond because of him. He was murdered in a hate crime. 
And uh, he was everything to me. So I was raised by a gay man who went with me on my very first date. He went with me to my co- when I got went to college and he decorated my room and painted my walls. He was there for every moment, every milestone in my life. He dropped out of school the day that I was born. So um, I am a lot of who I am because of him. And I don't think people know that about me. Wow. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I want to thank all of you for coming to be a part of this show. And You're I want welcome, you to come Ida Rodriguez. Um, funnyida.com and at funnyida on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook is ida.rodriguez. I want to thank you guys for listening. But this panel, this show today was very special and I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you too, Ida. Thank I love you. you. You're funny. Come on, guys. I love you too. We'll see you. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back next week and we are out. I'm already bossing, already flossing, but why I had a cake if it ain't got the sweet frosting? Yeah, 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 yeah. You keeping me on my A game without having the same name. They may flame, but shorty, we burn it up. The sag in my swag, pep in my step. Daddy, do the